And okay, so it's recording now, so you can do your little thing. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the Dear Mr. Davis podcast. Today we have me, uh, Andrew, yeah, Dylan, hello, and the man himself, Mr. Davis. Hello. <laughs> Yo. So, Mr. Davis, before we get started, tell us a bit about what you do here at the school. So, foundation, I teach AP U.S. History, AP Government, and AP Language right now. Dang, okay. Also, president of the Cornhole Club. Oh, yeah. yeah. Founder. 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 Right. Uh, sponsor. CEO. That, so. Cornhole sponsor, <laughs> and my my room is used for film club on occasion, too. Or just gratitude. Yeah. 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 So, um, I guess... Uh, Political stuff, right? Away. Let's <laughs> go straight to that, shall we? Whatever you guys want to ask. Well, we can ask like how you ended up coming into teaching, getting into teaching after a factory job. Yeah, long, <laughs> long, long storied career, or maybe not so storied. So um, I went to University of Cincinnati right out of high school in '90, '91. Uh, did two or three years, but then went broke. So I left. I left college, sort of like lived like a heathen for a little while. And then didn't go back until, oh, probably right after my middle daughter was born in 2000. I decided to go ahead and finish, uh, knowing then that probably I would wind up teaching because my, uh, my undergrad was in history, American history primarily. And so I was ready, as you said. I'd, I'd done myriad things, like multiple jobs. But at the time, I was working at a place, um, and they just were cutting staff, so I just got laid off. But my wife actually worked a really good. She was managing a restaurant, so she had she made pretty decent money. So she just was kind of like the. She's an awesome influence. She's like, just go finish school, finish your degree. That's what you want to do. So I view that as like God saying, okay, this door is closing, this one's opening. So at that point, I finished, and then was fortunate enough to. I went to a really tiny church where I knew the pastor, the older pastor, really, a really, really sweet guy, who just gave me the chance to teach at a small, like tiny school. Tiny is in like less than twenty people, um, almost like an individualized tutoring situation, and that was kind of the foot in the door. So at that point, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. So, yep. So you were born in Cincinnati, right? I was born in Covington, Kentucky, which is right across the river. So basically, I lived in Kentucky for like a day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> One day. But a lot of families from that. That's proximity to Covington and Newport, Kentucky. So basically, a lot of my family is Kentucky or Tennessee. So yeah. But born and raised, I mean, mostly Cincinnati, yeah. So um, what, how did like... How'd you decide that you wanted to teach AP? Because I know AP's a big difference from regular for the most part in terms of things. It is, yeah. It's a little more work. It's a little more intense. Um, probably requires a little more just preparation. But, I mean, honestly, I'm nerdy. I like reading. I like thinking. I'm a philosopher. So, for me, always, you know, going back to, I kind of made jokes about being in school and then sort of just tuning out and reading whatever I wanted to read and then just kind of cramming. So, I actually, it sort of, sort of lucked into it, though, or I guess, you know, depending on how you want to view it through God's eyes. But when I was in Cincinnati, I was working at that tiny school that I mentioned, and they were, they clearly the school was going to be closing. And so I told my wife, we always love Florida. We vacation in Florida. We like St. Pete Beach. We love the golf side. So I joked with her for years about, at this point, we had been married maybe six years, actually seven years, I guess. And I said, uh, well, I just, I'm just going to send resumes to Florida. And this was really, things were a lot slower back in 05. So I was literally sending faxes. I was sending things through... I mean, the internet, but just a lot slower. So sending that and sending emails. And I sent, like, all over the place. Cincinnati, just there aren't a lot of small private schools. It's mostly Catholic schools. It's a very Catholic city. And so at that point, even having been raised Catholic, I, I didn't really want to go to, to a parochial school. Um, that just wasn't my thing. 
So the only school that responded was a tiny school in Miami called Miami Christian, which if you've ever been to South Florida, it's, I want to say it's, um, it's near an area called Sweetwater. We lovingly called it Sweatwater because it's, kind of it's kind of rough. Um, nothing personal to people living out there in sweat Sweetwater. But so Miami Christian's really tiny school, honestly more like a public school. And so we just decided to move. We just literally like in 06, left Cincinnati. I mean, you talk about a huge change going from white bread, middle class Cincinnati to diverse Miami. Uh, and it was most of my students in 06, 07. So anyway, my point is one of the openings was AP. It was AP government, AP language. And just being, I was like, I, I can pick it up, I guess, because I, I read and I can retain pretty well. So it was off. I did awful first couple years. The students were awesome. I took to them and they took to me. Um, but my students were all either Nicaraguan, Colombian, Cuban, Venezuelan. Um, there were a lot of Creole people in South Florida. And maybe, I taught probably 60 kids and maybe one or two of them was sort of like just Anglo, like looked like me, basically. Um, so I, I view that as, as kind of like a trial by fire because I was really, I was still a new teacher, learning as I go. I did some, just, I just wasn't really good at it at all, but it was a good learning experience. I really had, I was thrown out there. Sometimes you just need that. It's like, okay, I got to figure out how to do this. So only two years though, because, you know, I'm, I'm a mama's boy and I got homesick after two years and moved <laughs> back closer to mom. So, um, so yeah, that's AP because just, it was open, but then I've done it ever since, I've done AP ever since 06. So yeah. And I guess out of the APs you teach now, which one do you think is your favorite? Uh, U.S. history. Is that yeah, both both degrees are history. So for me, it's all, uh, and it's unlike you know, it's not to bash education, but you're always better off, I think, teaching an AP course if your if your degree is in the content. Mm -hmm. My degree yeah. is not education. My degree yeah. actually is American history, and with the Cold War focus, which is what I've said, which is why I bore you guys so much <laughs> about the Cold War. But no, so that's um, it's definitely history, you know. For sure, because my background. Uh, so obviously, you enjoy history, right? Uh, but yep. would you view your history studies as more of a just looking at past events, or like studying the different people, like of what what's going um, on? I, I like stories, and I like people's stories, and I like uh, their biographies. So I think you can you can relate to people better if you convey that personal element. Like when you you know, I don't know everybody's detailed biography. And some people just devour biographies. I really don't read a lot of biographies, but I pick up details in what I read because I kind of can put stuff together. Um, so I think it's a combination. I do think it's, for myself, I can do either, but to make it relatable, you got to give people the, the, the personal element of it, I think. Otherwise, you know, what's what do we relate to? Yeah. Which is why I always try to relate it to, to current events, too. Like comparing a person, a congresswoman or a congressman to somebody or a, pr a president to somebody then, you know, then versus now. So, so the personal element's important, for sure. Yeah. I guess on the subject of history, um, we know you have your famous list of favorite presidents. Um, yep. Who would you rate in your top five? By famous, we mean smallest. So, <laughs> top five, the short list, which changes on occasion, but, but pretty rarely. So, I'm not sure about the order necessarily. So, I'm going to say Warren Harding, Grover Cleveland, uh, Martin Van Buren, John Tyler, maybe Coolidge. Um, see, who else would I put on that list? I don't want to skip anybody. Those really are the, I think those are the main ones. And on a, I mean, Eisenhower, to a point, I've kind of rethought some of his stances, too. Especially getting us out of the debt at the time. Or that helps. Kind of yeah. Debt. No, those are my, I'd say those are my top four, five, six-ish mm -hmm. figures, yeah. And then, of course, with the top five comes the lower five. <laughs> the <laughs> bottom feeders. The bottom feeders are fun to teach about because they are so bad. Um, <laughs> I'd have to say, it's hard. If, if you're doing, like, worst of the worst, I think that three were, three or four worst would are subject to change. It'd be Woodrow Wilson, 
obviously. I've spent a lot of time on that. So uh, they probably know more about Wilson than they ever wanted to know. <laughs> so Wilson, Harry Truman's really bad too. For the reason I talked about the CIA and all that kind of stuff. So Wilson, Truman, FDR is bad in his own way. Um, let's see, those three. Also, oh, Lyndon Johnson's really awful too, which we'll talk about him next week. But mm. uh, And you know my criteria on that. The guys who went to war unnecessarily, too quickly sent other people's kids to die in wars that weren't necessary, spent way too much of other people's money, and lock people up for speaking their mind. I just have zero respect for leaders that do that from yeah. afar. Especially right. it goes against the Constitution. And blatantly. They should be, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is a whole other thing, but you're totally right. That's one of the reasons I, I can't stand that. So, yeah, they're the, but they're the most fun to teach about because there's so much there, you know? Yeah. So. You know, on the subject of locking people up for their freedom of speech, like, that's happening today, too. Not locking people up, but, like, just silencing people. Like, yep. Twitter, for example, Absolutely. everyone's favorite. That's cesspool. Hopefully they're listening in. You know? Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, you know, we just talked about that with, uh, I talked on the previous podcast with Matt, we talked about cancel culture, et cetera, and which you just, you know, alluded to, but, and I mentioned this morning the, the, uh, the Congress situation where, you know, Cortez uh, gives the interview, you know, AOC gives an interview, and she, it was kind of a mealy mouth kind of interview, but she mentioned something about Palestinians not having as many rights maybe as Israelis. And somebody tweeted, and this actually, I couldn't, this, if this story had come out two years ago, you'd have been shocked. I'd have been shocked. It'd have been like, it can't happen here. So anyway, she goes on TV, does an interview. Somebody who likes her, actually, he's a left winger, tweets that, okay, you should have spoken up for the Palestinians also. Within hours, Capitol Police show up at their door, threatening to detain them. After, and again, initially they said it was death threats, but nothing, you can actually see the tweets, there's nothing bad on there at all. It's not, it's not even vulgar, actually, it's just critical, which... We want that for a publisher. Um, but you're right. It's almost like they're all – and I'm not really a conspiracy. I mean, all kidding aside, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I do try to base it on cause and effect. But if you were the conspira- if you were conspiratorial-minded, there's so much here. Like how in the world – is it like there is, – is Twitter in cahoot with the Capitol Police? Or is, is AOC saying whoever criticizes me, go get them? Like it's weird. Yeah, so we live in a really bizarre world like this police state we talked about, which it's kind of getting there, unfortunately. And that's also really bad because it doesn't allow us to criticize the politicians and tell them what we want, and tell them right. that they're doing it wrong. Right. Because we'll just get locked up. Yeah, we vote them in, and frankly, we paid their salary, so mm-hmm. shouldn't they be held accountable? Yeah. That's the whole point. So It's a very corrupt world we live in right now. Yeah, and it's hard to, um, you know, with my seniors, we do a lot of, I have a lot of discussions. I just ask them, like, you know, a lot of them turn 18 during the school year. And this year was one where I had a few vote that voted, but then the ones that just turned 18, I'm like, so are you going to vote in 2022? Do you think you will? And some say yes, some say no, but my point is you're only going to vote if you think it matters. All yeah. of us, right? So it's one thing to do it to then post your status or back in my day it was put a sticker on, oh, I voted or whatever. But if that's all you're doing it for, you know, then unless you really think it makes a difference, then you know why are we doing it? So um, like you said, Brady, but if, if we can't even criticize them, then... There's no point. Anarchy. Yeah, anarchy. The good anarchy. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, people just go out and vote for, like, look at me on social media, you know? Absolutely. They just like to show off about that. And even Instagram pushes that. They have, like, a little story tag you can have where it pushes your I voted stories through to other people and Uh, stuff. Okay. And I feel like it's just more of, like, a status symbol now. It's not really, like, I'm helping our country by electing officials it's right it's just i'm doing something to look cool. <laughs> i'm doing it everybody yeah. else is doing it. yeah well the latest thing apparently even and even cnn is shamelessly doing this is 
this isn't a pro-vax, anti-vax conversation, but just to prove this point. <laughs> the CNN anchor, I forget his name, he's one of these who you either really like him or hate him. And I, I literally like picture his face, I can't remember his name, Brian something. He came out and he said, these anchors are bragging about now being filmed, having the needle put in their arm. Like, they're bragging about their vaccines. I'm oh, like, I've seen a bunch of so, videos of So you've now become that, yeah. a propagandist. That's really what, like, okay, journalism is supposed to be hold their feet to the fire, truth to power, all the, all the things that, hey, call them out, you're against the man, right? But now you're literally towing the part. The state's saying this, Big Pharma's saying it, so now I'm, you realize what you're shilling for these people, right? Yeah. Uh, but so that made me think about when you mentioned voting, it's like they're doing it, now. we're doing our part, why aren't you? Like, wow, guilt much, you know? Yeah, they do the same thing on Instagram with vaccination too like get vaccinated like a tag and it's, it pushes your stories I mean, forward you put not it on see like, an agenda here i mean either yeah, side whatever side you're on how do you not see an agenda you know yeah like yeah. every day you log in it says like get vaccination information here like every single day it's like stop trying yeah. to force it down my throat i've x'd out on the thing so many times yep. just let me make the decision myself we live in the most politicized like, age i've ever studied honestly it's crazy um yeah. i wonder kind of what you're inheriting as you guys go forward it's weird yeah so going to be a fun well, it was, when I first taught, taught high school, you know, it was, and I've always only taught junior seniors other than additionally to six through whatever in small schools. Um, but we used to joke about, okay, why don't this, why doesn't the state just secede? But back then you're joking, but now people are talking about yeah. secession. Yeah. They were talking <laughs> you know, I mean, about now, yeah. yeah, now Tell you're me. actually like, people are talking about decentralization and it used to be kind of a joke, but now you say it, it's like, maybe we should do this. I don't know. Yeah, really? The Capitol's been attacked like twice within the last year, so yeah, that whole thing. Man, how bizarre is that? Yeah. And the whole thing was just so it's just so yeah. stupid. I know. Like crazy. Texas says they wanted out at one point, I think like towards the middle of last year or something like that. They said we want out. Um California, California and Trump. Yeah, one. California mm-hmm. definitely yeah. said they wanted out. Like, which California was fun. Good luck, I'm fun. And now ironically, they were talking about leaving and now a lot of Californians are moving to te- they're leaving California going to places like Texas. Yeah. A lot of New Yorkers are coming down yeah. here, they're yeah. getting out yeah. of these states because yeah. they're they're living under tyranny. Right? Yeah. New York is horrible. New York oh, is horrible. My gosh. Masks yeah. everywhere. Even in the car, people wear their masks. Like you're alone mm-hmm. in the car. Why are you wearing a mask? Well apparently I the West Coast is like that too. Yeah, you stay yeah, still yeah, I see it sometimes yeah. in your garden. But. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, there's stories of people in San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco is like, apparently for California, ground zero of the buy into everything COVID related. They really are, have been bought in. Even no matter, you could show a chart to them, whatever, they're bought in. Anyway, long story short, um, one of these, he's a scholar, his name is Thaddeus Russell. He's a pretty famous or infamous historian. He, uh, he's a West Coast guy. He loves San Francisco, lo- loves the beauty of San Francisco, right? But he said he will be on a hiking trail in the mountains and see people by themselves with masks on. Yeah, that's, that's sunny, crazy. That's you know, crazy. in relatively just, warm San Francisco, I'm like, that's why? Just yeah. Is that science? No. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to so. get it from the trees. And yeah, what did we just talk about? The fear. Fear is powerful. Yeah. Once yeah, fear, yeah. whatever it is, whether it's you know, once fear sets in, you know, they do um, whatever they want. Yep, it's been a, it's been a pretty busy year. So the tyrants are loving it. They're celebrating, right? <laughs> yeah, and I feel especially with like them with the fear they've been able to like take away a lot of the freedoms like mm-hmm. they can put a lot more restrictions especially with them seeing the response that's the key. they could they that's could say point. literally anything they could say the fakest thing about like a uh, big like threat coming out and they could yep. just take over everything. and there's a huge fear of police now too yeah yep. everywhere. you're right though yeah. once people buy in they see yeah. that right they're not going to pull back that's mm-hmm. just that's not just not how it works so like on that note and i hate to keep harping on this but 
Um, I don't really post anything ever anymore just because I got too mean when I did it years ago. My wife kind of, you know, gave you me a good advice. You got canceled from your I got canceled, online right. class. <laughs> I did. Yeah, that was funny too. But I did post something recently. I just said that it honestly, uh, it was, this was not meant to like stir rebellion, but it was food for thought. I said, I think the vaccination passport thing is probably the biggest fight of our lives as far as if you and I don't, I'm not again. I'm not anti. I'm not one of those. I'm not conspiracy theorists on vaccinations. I vaccinate my kids or whatever. If it works, might as well. Right. Yeah. But to allow it to be one of these deals where you have to produce it, <laughs> then you set up a caste system. Yeah. You yeah. have it. You have rights. You don't. You don't. That's yeah. what it is. Discrimination. You might not like the word totalitarian, but by definition, that's actually what it is. You are then discriminating. Um, and there's so many avenues we could go. But okay, what if you don't have money to have a thousand dollars smartphone? What if you can't get vaccinated? What if you, there's so many what ifs, right? So now you're, you're telling me that my not having it precludes me from traveling, working, going. My seniors already tell me the colleges they're going to are requiring it. They've already, yeah. I've heard them talking about it. I'm like, and I don't really, I don't blame them because look, this is your future. You have to go to college, but you're already setting this up. So um, some governors are resisting it, but I don't know how much you guys have traveled internationally. I've done very little of that. Right. But no, think about this way. No, no. Even if our state, the governor here said he won't, he'll ban it. You can't do a passport. But yeah. what if you travel? What if yeah. other countries require it? What are you going to do? And other Got to produce the code, even. you know? So um, being, just, again, being too steeped in this, like studying the last 60 years, to me, this is too similar to traveling East Berlin, West Berlin, producing papers. Yeah. It's okay. the same concept. Yeah. Yeah. You're limited in mobility if you don't have what they want you to have. So to me, it's a door. That door opens. You're not gonna. You're not gonna close that door. Um, but Andrew, just like you said, once people are bought in, they're realizing, oh man, we can push it. Yeah. If we'd had this conversation last, well, last year, April, and one of us brought up vaccination passports, we'd have laughed and said, oh, you conspiracy theorists. Yeah. You'll go back it's and all look. Happening. Go back yeah. and look at it. Oh, that's an Alex Jones thing. That's an Infowars <laughs> thing. No. Who was more right? Well, Alex Jones. Well, that type, you know, was yeah. right. So um, it's crazy. I don't know. the thing with passports like that is that the way i always see like rules and laws and stuff is that if you put a rule in place that's just unnecessary Mm -hmm. people are gonna want to like find a way around it right like in this case with the passports people are gonna want to find like forcing vaccination which forcing right lightly right and passports people are going to find a way around it and then it's Like the with same. drugs, people and you're yeah, still drugs are illegal. Get drugs, but people find their way around, and that just makes it like, more dangerous. That's right. In my opinion, yeah, but well, yeah. it's just like it, taking guns off the streets. All it's going to do is make yeah. crime go up. People because, because they'll have illegal guns. guns. Yeah. Then the people trying to protect there are more guns themselves. Than people. Yeah, you disincentivize actually following yeah. laws mm-hmm. yeah. and producing yeah. so many yeah. bad laws that. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. People will find a way around this, and you know, think about all the really weird, messy scenarios this creates, right? Let's say you, because like the theme parks are now, it's about reservation. Mm-hmm. So let's say we reserve 10 spots to go into Magic Kingdom. And we, we drive, let's say we drive from Georgia. We were going on a trip and we got 10 spots. We're going to do, we're gonna do a two day trip from South Georgia to Florida. So we come down, we got 12 of us in the group, 10 or 12 of us. And somebody forgets a phone, forgets their, their proof or whatever. Is Disney going to turn away like thousands of dollars because somebody doesn't, see what I'm saying? So, yeah, or a restaurant no. or a park. No. You put yeah. them in a position now, too, to give up dollars based on, again, some ridiculous mandate. Yeah, they so. can't really t- tell private businesses right. you can't yeah. make money because of this. The, the one question I do have, I don't know the answer. Maybe you guys have seen this or maybe your parents talked about it. I mean, requiring vaccines would seem to violate all kinds of HIPAA laws mm-hmm. as far as your privacy. 
mm-hmm. yeah, requiring. It yeah. yeah, it, it seems like it does. Yeah, there's a lot I of mean, problems. With so I'm sure there's challenges that are going to yeah. come about. So, but if we can trust the court system, we'll see. Hopefully, we can you know, have some people stand up for us. You know? I don't know. The thing I don't understand with this vaccine is that like, I understand if like, it's been tested, it works. There's no side effects to it. People don't die right. from it. Like right now, people like, are getting blood clots from it and brain tumors from it because know, the blood's clotting. Yeah. yeah. But I understand if it worked. And, like, you didn't have to wear the mask all day long. But right now, you get the vaccine. You still have to wear the mask. You still have to social distance. Apparently, it only lasts six months. Then you have to go back and do it again. You could die from it. You could get allergic reactions. Right. What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. If it's yeah. if you still have to do the same thing we've been yeah. doing for this whole year, like why would you get vaccinated? Once it's fully developed, then yeah, it's, gonna it's, be, it's gonna be a lot. Which like, goes yeah, back better, to the question but, about just they're requiring compliance and obedience. Mm-hmm. Then we need to obey. Yeah. The, the operative words, the operative four words, are shut up and obey. That's really what yeah. it's all about. If if you really narrow it down to that, just shut up and obey, right? Which sorry, but that's not no, that doesn't work. Um, yeah, there's something else I was going to say about that. You mentioned, uh, oh yeah, so with, you mentioned social media. Mm-hmm. There Again, it's something that we would have joked about two years ago, where people will produce a video, even with reputable people, like scientists, scholars from Ivy League schools, if, if the video goes against vaccinations or masking or whatever, they just pull it. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually yeah. happening pretty yeah. Yeah, I've read it again recently about it. Again, all five of you. So one guy is a reputable historian. The other five or six are scientists. The same scientists that I think DeSantis actually referred to in his panel or whatever. Mm-hmm. They made a video kind of questioning the efficacy of vaccines. And the video just was pulled. I'm like, not, it's not inciting violence. It's not uh, racist. It's not whatever. But it's just pulled because yeah, it's it just doesn't educational align with, yeah. Right. Whatever happened to that? Just, I don't know. Let's test yeah. the ideas, you know? So yeah, I've seen on YouTube that they would make it so that videos like with coronavirus in the title would get shown less right stuff like that yeah Yeah, isn't that crazy yeah um and i guess the other search engines are different but when when big tech sort of tag teams against the other ones unless you're creating servers which i guess some people can do that but that's what a lot of people are doing now yeah good a lot of companies are just hosting their old-fashioned markets that's like um what was the one social media app parlor or whatever oh yeah amazon just nuked it now parlor's trying to get their own servers now like that's just, it's so bad to do that because mm-hmm. now not only did Amazon screw up for themselves because they're going to lose money now because people aren't going to want to go to them. It's like, oh, right. they can just shut us down at any time. Right. Why would right. I want to go to them? I can do yeah. it myself. Costs us a little more, but yeah. in the end, our company stays up. That's right. So Amazon loses money, and then it just looks bad in general for everyone else. Like all those other right. server hosting companies now yep. look bad. Yeah, just deciding to silence dissent says more about you than it does the dissenter. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It speaks volumes about your approach versus you know open ideas and what Popper called the open society. Well, that's what we want, right? Um, yeah, that thing, that story. I mean, very little astounds me, but when that happened, I was stunned that you know. And somebody said, "Oh, but it's like you know that you Christian conservatives in the '80s, like not allowing a gay actor on TV. You can't compare '80s network television to Amazon and Google. The power they wield yeah, is insane. Ninety percent market share of search." Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, cool. Like Amazon's and how do you compete even, with that? Even if you say anything bad about them, they'll just buy you. If you, like, if you go on Amazon and see people, they like host items, and, like they sell stuff. If you get big enough, they delete you off the website, steal your items, and start selling. Isn't that crazy. They're they're so, so they're, that kind they're of more power. powerful than countries now. Oh, it goes, yeah. it's like, like Google. Yeah. Google can yeah, their revenue is they're, oh. they're bigger I'm than sure most countries. Yeah, they're some small countries. They're probably hundred percent. They're worth it. 
two trillion dollars. So, which, like you said, Dylan, we need people to innovate and come up with their own kind of actually open platforms, right? Yeah. So, because those are like clearly against. Well, like they're not allowing people to speak. Like I understand mm -hmm. it's a private company, but they made right. this public platform. It's to right. do that, but they which don't. Which is a whole. You know, there are. We had this. I don't want to make it really lengthy, and we got to wrap up. But this is really big because the way the internet is regulated, with social media, it's. There's a section, I think it's 230 maybe. So like I think it's section 230 where it gives these groups like Facebook, et cetera, immunity from a crime. So for example, mm -hmm. if somebody published something, does something, somebody winds up, let's say, committing a violent act, then it's just communication. So it would be like AT&T, let's say, you know, uh, some kidnappers use cell phones and that's the service where they, they coordinate their plans and somebody winds up dying. AT&T, that's not their fault. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. So it's similar. Yeah. So section 230 does that. So if they're given protection, you got to you got to ask yourself why then are they stamping out dissent? Is it really about what's being incited, or is it more about power and they're now kind of woke or whatever it is, right? Um, but they've got immunity, so why then are they doing it? Yeah, why know? would they care? Like, that's where yeah. it gets a little bit like, okay, what's what are the motives here? So, um, I mean, if they're if, if it's a platform for journalism for publication, then it should be completely open, right? Yeah. With with those small exceptions where the First Amendment actually is not you know you're not giving carte blanche to do whatever. Yeah, but it, clearly more is going on, and there's no doubt about that. So, anyway, but good talk though. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. pretty. That was good. We can do this good. for yeah, yeah. So, um, any last question, wrap up stuff, or we good with that? That we'll was talk about Marvel at some point. Tomorrow. We will. Oh, yeah. We'll do another one. Can. We'll do another one by the end of the so. year. We'll do a Marvel, Sounds Marvel good. chat. Trash Thanks, guys. Yeah, that yeah. was good.